Today on Awaken to Grace, we continue our current sermon series called The Unhurried Life. And today we're talking about unhurried listening. How do you know when God is speaking to you? How do you recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life? That's what we're going to find out in today's talk on this broadcast of Awakened to Grace. Let's go to Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But how many of you, it sounded like you're in a great mood. You slept well, you're in a good mood. I'm so jealous. But we're going to be in Jude chapter 1, verse 20. I'm excited for our topic today. We are talking about unhurried listening. What does it mean to listen for the Holy Spirit? How do you recognize the voice of God in your life? If you've missed some of our summer series, you can go back on our app or website and watch or listen to any of the sermons. Uh, we've talked about unhurried rest, unhurried abiding, the difference between resting, coming to Christ because Christ said, come to me, I'll give you rest, and the difference in abiding in Christ. Many people come to Christ, but they don't continue in him. We talked about what it meant to follow Jesus and abide in him. We talked about unhurried families and how our culture tries to rob time away from families. And we went into detail with that text out of Deuteronomy. We talked about unhurried spiritual disciplines and what those do in our life. Pastor Bob brought a great sermon on unhurried focus, unhurried priorities, and how to make sure that you are living at your best potential and God is using you because your priorities are in order. We talked about unhurried energy and we talked about unhurried worship. We talked about, uh, Glenn last Sunday brought a wonderful sermon on unhurried breakthrough. And today we're talking about unhurried listening. What does it mean to listen for the Holy Spirit in your life? How do you know when it is God speaking to you? Have you ever had that dilemma of where you felt as though God perhaps put something on your heart, but you didn't know if it was God or if it was just you? Anybody felt that way? Okay, I can't see you, so you, you know. So I'm preaching to the choir then, right? I mean, you, you, you know this is not unfamiliar. To Have you ever wished that you heard the Lord more confidently? Anybody ever felt that way? Okay, all right, good. All right, we're in stride, all right. Uh, unhurried listening what does it mean to hear the Holy Spirit how do you know you're hearing him accurately how do we know that he's speaking to us well today I want to show you Jude chapter 1 and there are some preliminary things that we have to understand before we really get down to how you hear the Holy Spirit. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 it says but you beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? But you beloved 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, I want you to note, first of all, if you're going to take notes, I want you to note this incredible word, beloved. Because who is the Holy Spirit going to speak to? Is the Holy Spirit going to speak to people who are not following Jesus and they're in the world and they're doing their own thing and they're following the course of this world, they're following their own sins, they're living in their own sins and they have no regard for what God says or how God thinks? Is the Holy Spirit going to fellowship with that? Is the Holy Spirit going to have dialogue with someone who goes their own path rather than The paths of righteousness? No. So I want us to understand the people that the Holy Spirit speaks to, fellowships with, guides, directs, and comforts and helps are the beloved, those who belong to God. If you're here today or you're watching online and you have not repented of sin, there is open, unrepentant sin in your life. What's the Holy Spirit want to say to you? He wants to say, repent. And that's what the Holy Spirit would say to you. But for those who have repented, oh, there is a world of fellowship, a world of communion, a world of worship, a world of walking with the Holy Spirit in our life. So he says, you beloved. Now, I want you to think of the richness of this. The Bible teaches in Ephesians that before you and I were converted, before our sins were forgiven, before our natures were changed and we were born again. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Before that took place, the Bible says that you and I walked according to the course of this world. The Bible says that you and I were children of disobedience, children of wrath. We were enemies of God, alienated from the hope of God. You and I were without God and without hope in this world. But when Jesus came to the world and he began to walk on the earth, he was Emmanuel, God with us. God came to us. And when Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3, do you remember what God Almighty said of Jesus Christ, his son? Behold, this is my What? Beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And do you know what the gospel teaches? The gospel teaches that when we are in Christ and our sins are forgiven and now we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, that you and I are the children of God. We are sons. We are daughters of God. And the Bible teaches that you and I are accepted in the beloved. Have you ever been in places in life where you didn't feel accepted? You weren't accepted in that group of people. You weren't accepted in that group of friends. You weren't accepted in that class of people. Or even you weren't accepted at that type of church. Or you weren't accepted in that social setting or in that school setting or that work setting. Maybe sometimes you've even felt you weren't accepted in your own family. But do you know what God says of you? You are accepted in the beloved. 
Hallelujah. Do you know what that means? That means that when God views you, when he looks at your life, he sees you as he sees his son, Jesus Christ. He sees you as a son, as a daughter of the Most High, and you are accepted in the beloved of God. Amen? And now when Jude pins this amazing chapter, he says, but you don't forget who you are. Don't forget your standing. Don't forget what you are in the eyes of God, but you beloved. Hallelujah. Don't you ever forget. God is who he says he is, and you are who God says you are, and you're accepted today. You're accepted in the beloved of God. Then he says, building up your selves on your most holy faith. You realize there are times in life when you have to encourage yourself. You have to build yourself up. You have to help yourself. Encourage yourself. Speak to yourself. Some of you right now, you're in a season where you're just, you're longing for someone, anyone to encourage you. That's a place of vulnerability. And let me tell you, Satan may send the wrong person. Don't you look for encouragement from others. Now, come on. Don't you look for encouragement from others. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. That's what David did when he faced the Philistines at Ziklag. The Bible says all all of David's men wanted to stone him. Forget resigning. They were going to kill him. And the Bible says that David went and encouraged himself in the Lord and inquired of the Lord. There are times you have to encourage yourself. You have to build yourself up. You have to strengthen yourself. And don't be this little pansy Christian where you're just looking for any compliment. You're looking for any pat on the back. You're looking for someone to lift you up or someone to say something to. No, don't be. No, you encourage yourself. Amen. And you build yourself up. And you say, no, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm loved of God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. God's anointed me. He's strengthening me. He's helping me. Amen? People say, boy, Chad, your preaching's getting strong. I'm preaching to myself. Right? And sometimes you have to preach to yourself. And you got to encourage yourself. You got to build yourself up. And don't look for it from other people. And he says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And how do you do it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk about today. Unhurried listening. How do you pray in the Holy Ghost? How do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do you recognize that it's God's voice speaking? Three areas I want to explore. And it's how the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us in our praying. He helps us in our thanksgiving. And he helps us in our worship. And it's in these elements that we begin to hear and recognize the voice of the Spirit of God. But there's one more preliminary before we go further that you have to understand. It is imperative that you and I understand who the Holy Spirit is. I'm afraid that in our culture of church, particularly the Western culture in this day and age, we fail to think deeply 
concerning the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Far too many of us, if we give the Holy Spirit any thought at all, if we even acknowledge his working in our life and his purpose in our life, far too many of us don't have the right biblical view of who the Holy Spirit is. So here's what I mean. Many of us see the Holy Spirit simply as a power that emanates from God. Or many of us see the Holy Spirit as an influence of God. We do not view him as God. Now, is it okay if I take you down a couple of deep trails right now? Are you with me? Are you thinking with me? Say amen if you're thinking right now. Because this is, this is an easy material. But let's understand it. I'm not going to preach on the Trinity today, but there are just a couple things that we have to understand. And let me tell you my premise. If the Holy Spirit, if we view the Holy Spirit only as a power that emanates from God, we're going to miss the biblical view that the Holy Spirit is a person who we are to yield to, surrender to. Does that make sense? So where I'm going to take you is from viewing the Holy Spirit as an influence or an illuminator or a guide or a uh, power into, no, he is in fact, he is indeed the third head of the Trinity. He is in fact God. He is in fact a person, a divine being person. And therefore, if he is a person, then that means he can be offended. If he is a person, that means he can be quenched. And I'm afraid that because so many of us do not biblically view the Holy Spirit as a person in our life, we are offending him and we're not listening for his voice. Does that make sense? So let's understand. What is the Trinity? We believe that the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that they are three, yet they are one. Now, it's very confusing. Some will argue. They'll say, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, the word Bible is not in the Bible. But it doesn't mean it's not true. And so people, people have a very difficult time understanding the Trinity, and so we just don't think about it. Now, I will, I'll be honest with you. My... My pea brain cannot fully grasp the concept of the Trinity. But let me tell you why I'm okay with that. Because if I could fully understand God, then why would I need him? There are some things I'm okay not fully understanding. Because I'm not God. Now, in my limited mind, here's what I can understand. What we believe is that of all of the universe, of everything created, everything in heaven, on earth, everything, all dominions, all universe, all matter, everything created, there is only one substance that is God. And he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
The Bible teaches it throughout the entire Bible. We even see it in creation. We see that God, his first name in creation is Elohim in the Hebrew. Elohim is plurality. It is multiple. Now, when God, if you read it carefully, when God says, let us make man in our own image, who is he talking to? He's not talking to angels. It's the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see God the Father in creation speaking the world into existence. We see the Son in creation, not the physical Son. Before the Son was ever created, Christ was the light of the world. And we see the Holy Spirit in creation as the Spirit hovered upon the face of the earth, upon the deep. Not only do we see the Trinity in creation, but then we see the Trinity in salvation. Warren Wiersbe said it very well before he passed away. Warren Wiersbe said, you try to explain the Trinity, you may well lose your mind. You try to explain it away, you may well lose your soul. We see the Trinity in salvation. We see that God the Father planned our salvation. God the Son purchased our salvation upon the cross. And God the Holy Spirit personalizes our salvation. He dwells within us. So I want you to think about what this this great transformation that has taken place. Whereas men only knew God. They only knew Yahweh. They only knew the names of God. And then as time passed, Jesus comes upon the earth. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And now Jesus, the Bible says, is walking about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. But then Jesus tells his followers, I have to go away because when I go away, oh, see, here it is. I'm going to send a comforter to you. I'm going to send a helper to you. I'm going to send a guide to you. And it is the Holy Spirit. And I want you to follow me right now on what happened to Satan and the kingdom of darkness. When Jesus was upon the earth, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The Bible says in 1 John, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And then Satan had him crucified. And so Satan thought he won. He thought he put him to open shame. But no, no. The Bible says that it was Christ who put Satan to open shame. How? Because do you remember Mark chapter 5, when Jesus walked the earth, do you remember he came upon the man possessed with demons? And Jesus said, Jesus walked up and immediately they recognized him. Men didn't know who he was, but demons knew immediately who he was. Now come on now, I'm getting ready to preach this. You going to receive it? Because God's getting ready to speak to us. So here Jesus walks up and the demons immediately say, you are the son of God. And you remember what Jesus said? He said, what's your name? And he said, Legion. There are many of us. And he said, don't make us leave the region. Oh, demons are so territorial. Oh, they're so territorial. They will attach to households. They will attach to cities. They will attach to regions. They're so territorial. And you remember what Jesus did? He cast them into the pigs. They ran into the sea and they drowned. Remember the story, Mark chapter 5? He wreaked havoc everywhere he went upon the kingdom of darkness. And when he was crucified, Satan said, that's it, we're done, we're free. But see, the Bible says that there is something to the gospel, there's something to the church called the mystery of God. 
What was the mystery of God? The mystery is that what the prophets couldn't see, what the Old Testament didn't fully understand, what Satan and the kingdom of darkness didn't know is that when Christ ascended to heaven, he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And now it's not going to be the Holy Spirit once in a while coming upon someone. He's going to physically, literally dwell, live within us. He's going to empower us. He's going to enable us to do the works of God upon the earth. So now Satan doesn't have Jesus walking in a small area. Now he has multiple sons and daughters of God, countless sons and daughters of God that the Bible says whoever is led by the Spirit of God is the sons of God. Amen? And now we're doing the works of God. See, this is why Jesus said, don't marvel at the things that I do. You'll do these things and even greater. What did he mean? You'll do these things and even greater. Why? Because now it's not one of me. It's my body filled with the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now everything is different. And you're talking about a headache to the kingdom of darkness. When you understand who the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, when you wake up and you really realize that the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ up from the dead is right now alive, right now filling this mortal flesh... What can you do against the kingdom of darkness? You can walk around work. You can walk around school. You can walk around your neighborhood. You can walk around Walmart for crying out loud. Filled with the spirit of God. Just as Jesus Christ himself was. And if we'll learn to listen. And we'll be in tune. And we'll understand and we'll recognize We'll begin to do the works of God and we'll begin to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Amen. That's preliminary. Now let's get to the text. (laughs) Prayer. Number one, the Holy Spirit leads us in our praying. Now there are two types of praying. And this is why the Holy Spirit must enable us. There's praying with our understanding. And then there's praying without understanding. Now, what do I mean by that? There are times when we feel burdened to pray. Have you ever sensed that before? You ever woke up in the middle of the night and sensed a need to pray, but you didn't know why? Has God ever put a person on your heart to pray for them and you didn't know why? God ever show you a situation and just said, pray for this. And you didn't know why. There are times that we don't have understanding. That's when you need to pray in the Spirit. That's when you need to pray and say, God, I'm depending upon you. I don't know what's going on, but I feel a need. I feel a need. Let me tell you something very special. Our dear pastor from Egypt is here. He's he was in the 9 a.m. service and he's speaking at other churches. Now, he'll be speaking this Tuesday here for prayer meeting. I'll tell you what happened just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> there was a family in the church who 
we took up our offering and this family wrote a $400 check to our pastor from Egypt for his family. I had no knowledge of it. They told me that someone, I didn't even know who did it. And I had no knowledge of it. They didn't come to me and say, we'd like to do this. They didn't come to me and say, is there anything you know of? Is there anything you need? Nothing like that. Nothing. And uh, pastor gets here. We sit down in my office the first days here, catching up, greeting one another. How's your family? How are things at home? How's your church? And guess what he shares with me? That he didn't share with me two weeks ago. He didn't message. He didn't say anything. His cooker went out. A little grease fire caused it to quit. His refrigerator quit. Ruined all their food. In desperate need of a refrigerator and a cooker. I said, okay. I said, Pastor, how much would it be to replace those? He has no knowledge that someone wrote him $400 check. I said, Pastor, what do you need? He said, $480 would replace everything. Isn't that the Lord? Isn't that the Lord? Isn't that the Lord? It had been one thing if he had gotten on social media and said, I have this great need. and He didn't do that. No one knew. But the Holy Spirit knew. How could God use you if you would just listen for the Holy Spirit? It may be that someone that you don't know is contemplating suicide. Is thinking about quitting and giving up. It may be that someone you know is about to just become reclusive and just isolate themselves. And yet, God would put a scripture in your heart to tell them. Or God would put in your heart, uh, tell them that I love them. You don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And there are times that we pray without understanding, but we, we rely on the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you that that family who gave that gift to our pastor, I guarantee you that they had no idea what was happening in his life right now. But the Holy Spirit knew. That's why we pray in the Spirit. We also pray with understanding. And what does that mean? That means sometimes we know exactly what God wants. We know exactly how we ought to pray. And we press in and the Holy Spirit helps us. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 8 that the Holy Spirit will make intercession through us. He will help us in our weaknesses. He will help us pray as we ought. If you've never been to a Tuesday prayer meeting, I can't tell you what you're missing. Every single week on Tuesday night at 6.30, we gather and we pray and we call upon the name of the Lord as a church. And it's glorious. But I tell you, every Tuesday, there's no agenda. Every Tuesday, there's no set. There's nothing. We come up here, and this is every Tuesday. This is what we, we say, Lord, we don't know how to pray tonight. We're relying on the Holy Spirit to teach us. Show us, Lord, how we ought to pray. And you, I, I just can't even describe it with words. Every Tuesday is different. And God will, God will begin to guide. God will begin to lead. All of a sudden, we'll begin to sense, begin to pray for this. Begin to pray for this person.
began to pray over this situation, began to pray over here, and oh, how God moves. The Lord helps us in our praying. The Holy Spirit wants to enable us to pray. We do not know how to pray as we ought. So when it comes to the way you pray, what is it like? Is it rushed? Is it frantic? Is it memorized? Is it the same thing over and over? Or is your praying like a really good conversation? Do you do some talking? And then do you do some listening? You ever been around someone who all they do is talk? You don't enjoy talking to them, do you? But you get around someone, and you know what I'm talking about. The fellowship is just rich, right? Brother that I haven't seen in 15 years lives in Wisconsin. And he and I are great friends, and we've kept up with each other through the years, but I have not physically sat down with him in 15 years. I had never met his children, and, uh, and they're teenagers. And uh, he and his wife and children, they came down uh, uh, to Kingsport a couple of weeks ago, and we were able to go and enjoy a meal together. And my wonderful brother... A wonderful friend. Our fellowship is so sweet. It's so deep. It's so rich. I hadn't seen him in 15 years. And it's like we never missed a beat. It was just right there. The Holy Spirit wants the same with us. Sweet communion. Sweet fellowship. Sweet dialogue. And where does it come? Building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And I think at its root, what I think it, because Ephesians 6, 18 gives the same command, praying always in the Spirit. I think what that means is to pray in an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. So what's our prayer life look like? Is it rushed? Is it fast? Is it mechanical? Is it routine? Is it, behave, is it learned? Is it just, okay, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and God help me, and God this, and this, and this is my need, and here's my need, and God, you see this, and God. And it's like, the Holy Spirit can't get a word in edgewise. And there's no dialogue. Whereas if I pray in the Spirit and I'm praying in an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to say, Lord, what would you show me? What do I need to know? What do I need to see? Show me. Reveal yourself. Reveal the word to me. Help me to know your will. Help me to see, Lord. You see the difference? I don't want to live a fast, hurried, unproductive, cold, mechanical prayer life. No, I want sweet communion with the Lord. And it comes through praying in the Spirit. Number two, the Holy Spirit leads us in our thanksgiving. Do you realize that thanksgiving is one of the most important elements of a believer's walk? It's critical. Do you know why Thanksgiving is so critical? Because how important it is that as we go out into this world, 
And, and I don't have to elaborate this, you know. You, you go out into the world and it is, it is nothing but filth, right? It's going to be negativity. It's going to be sin. It's going to be uh, anger. How many people are angry all the time? Right? One of the interesting effects of blindness is that my hearing is super sensitive. Have you ever heard that about blind people? That when one sense goes, all your other senses heighten? And it is so true. I can hear like no one's business. I'll hear things and Sadie will go, how in the world did you hear that? I don't know. But boy, I can hear. I can sit down. Some months ago, I told you about it in one of the sermons. Some months ago, I was at a food court in a mall. And I was sitting there by myself because Sadie was shopping. And I'd rather be beat with a stick than go shopping. So I just sat at the food court. And I could hear all these conversations around me. People angry. People mad. Every conversation I heard, people were mad. You have to take a bath, don't you? Why? Because you... You get dirty, right? Sometimes you just got to wash all that negativity off of you. You got to wash all that bad attitude off. You got to wash. I'm talking about stuff people put on you. That just because you're around them, it rubs off on you. Is that right or wrong? Sometimes you just... Let me me tell you what will do it. Thanksgiving. And the Holy Spirit will lead us in being thankful to the Lord. Let me tell you, if you're someone today that negativity overwhelms your life, you're not pleasing the Lord like you could be. If you're someone today that you're battling anger, you're not in the will of God. God wants to conquer that thing. God wants to bring thanksgiving into your life. If you're someone, you're just always in a bad mood. You're always moody. You're just always negative. And you're, everything's always wrong. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is not having its effect in you. But you begin to let the Holy Spirit... See, this is what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit is not just a power or a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you begin to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And you begin to recognize. He begins to show you times of negativity or times of anger. And you begin to yield that and say, no, God, that's not who I want to be. Holy Spirit, help me. And you know what he'll do? He'll do just that. He will help you. He will help you. And number three, and lastly today. The Holy Spirit helps us in our worship. Now, it's been very well said. When we are taken up with prayer, we're taken up with our needs. When we're taken up with thanksgiving, then we're taken up with our blessings. But when we are taken up with worship, we're taken up with God himself. Amen. Do you realize prayer in itself is not worship? Thanksgiving in itself is not worship. There are elements of worship. But what is true worship? I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Worship is when the creation bows its head and acknowledges 
and appreciates the creator. That's worship. See, if I rely on prayer to be my worship, I'm probably just talking about myself a lot. If I rely on thanksgiving alone to be worship, I'm probably still actually quite focused on me. But when I truly worship, I focus solely on God and God alone. And it has nothing to do with me or my comfort or what he gives me. It's solely about God and God alone. Amen? Adrian Rogers, before he passed away, said it, I think, so well. said that if there was a parade and Jesus was in the parade, it would be the job of the Holy Spirit to point every eye to Jesus. That's what he does. And the Holy Spirit will enable us. He'll help us worship God rightly. He'll help us take our eyes off of us and put our eyes upon Jesus where they truly belong. So where is your life today? Can you feel the Holy Spirit enabling prayer? Or do you just talk about you? Can you feel the Holy Spirit enabling thanksgiving? Or are you a critical person? Are you always criticizing? Always nagging? Always negative? Always seeing what's wrong? Or are you a thankful person? And lastly, are you worshiping God unhurriedly? Are there times that you bow your head, not at church, at home, on the drive to work, while you're at work, while you're shopping? Are there times that you just bow your head and you acknowledge and you appreciate Jesus Christ? I want the Holy Spirit to help me in these ways. I want to slow my life down to where I'm listening more than I'm talking. I'm listening more than I'm doing. I'm listening more than I'm reacting. I'm listening for the Holy Spirit. How do you recognize his voice? You'll hear him in prayer. And if you're not hearing him in prayer, then my friend, you're doing too much talking. You'll hear him in thanksgiving. And if you're not thankful... You need to replace that critical spirit for a thankful heart. And you'll hear him in worship. When you begin to turn things off and you bow your head and you bow your heart and you acknowledge the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that's how you'll hear the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's bow our heads today. Lord, I want to thank you that you're active that you're speaking and you're helping. I want to thank you, God, that you're willing to live inside us. I think of the times, Lord, that I willfully sin and I subject the Holy Spirit to that willful sin. I'm sorry for that, Lord. I'm sorry for that. Perhaps you're here today and you have been saved and the Holy Spirit resides in you, but yet you are sinning. You're sinning, as the Bible says, with a high hand. 
Do you realize that you're subjecting the Holy Spirit to such sin? We need to repent from that today. Do you realize that every time that you embrace sin, the Holy Spirit within you sees and feels that? Holy Spirit, I'm sorry that too often we don't see you as a person. We see you as just a force. But no, you have a personality. You have feelings, emotions. You have a mind. You have a will. You are a person. And oh God, may you use us to be sensitive to that and obedient to that. So God, may we listen closely for the Holy Spirit within our lives. May we listen closely as the word of God takes its effect and the Holy Spirit uses the word of God in our life. May we be highly, highly sensitive. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for what your spirit has taught us, what you have shown us. Let it have great effect going forward. In Jesus' name, amen.